Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Kessel Run Comics Podcast. This is your host, Macadelic, and co-host, Skelly Boy. And as always, we have some lishy charms to bring y'all, as well as some spec and potential news. So, as always, no reason in horsing around. Let's just jump right in. Alright, so for the number five spot this week, we got Ravencroft number two. We had Ravencroft number one whenever it first came out on the list. And something about this week has a bunch of continuations in it. Well, it has two continuations, but we have Ravencroft number five. I mean, number two is number five on the list. And the reason I felt like it needed to be in this spot was because, like me and Mac have stated several times, we like action. This was a bunch of dialogue, but it made it on the list because it was good dialogue. It was dialogue that kept me interested the whole time, wanting to know what's going on with Ravencroft, having flashbacks of before, you know, whenever Fisk was a kingpin, now he's a mayor, stuff he went through then, him and his whole rehabilitating criminals, is he really a bad guy, or is he actually doing some rehabilitation, and Reed Richards is trying to get to the bottom of it, because of course someone's got to be the hero and got to stick his nose in it. But I liked it. I thought it was interesting. I'm upset it hasn't had any Mr. Strange. That's kind of why I've been reading it so far. Was because of the precursors that they did. The Mm -hmm. three of them had uh, Mr. Strange in them. So I was hoping that this series would. Yeah. One of my biggest enjoy... Like, one of the things that I took out of reading this book and really enjoyed in this was... The cover almost speaks to exactly what this issue is about. I mean, on the cover, you see a big pile of skulls on the bottom half and Kingpin, you know, kind of with his back turned. Looks a bit ambiguous. Can't really tell how he's feeling or, you know, what's going on in the situation. And then on the upper half of the cover, you've got uh, Manwolf. And Manwolf is just kind of howling up towards the moon and maybe in some pain. Who really knows? But this really, as Jacob's already stated, this had a lot of dialogue in it. But it was great dialogue. And the interactions from character to character was awesome. Uh, you got familiar faces in this um, with a few characters that... Norman. Yeah, Norman Osborne popped up. Misty Knight popped up. Um, I think there was one more character that I was going to bring up, and I'm just... Grizz. Yeah. I mean, if you read the first one and the precursors, Grizz is in this one. And I feel like he was a very interesting character because he is a prisoner, mm-hmm. and it shows like a prisoner's aspect of it because he's trying to side with the cops and the guards and be a good guy in right. this one. And you know the prisoners aren't having it, and I just feel like it's a, it's an interesting take on a super prison. Yeah, you know because it shows that aspect of it too of what it's like to be a prisoner. Right. And one thing that I was going to point out about the cover when you were talking about that, I just noticed you were talking about Fisk himself on the cover. One thing that I noticed just now looking at it is he's wearing his kingpin suit, not his mayor suit. Right. So it's showing like, you know, instead of instead of Fisk having skeletons in the closet, he has skeletons in the asylum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He ain't got room in his closet no more. I guess not. Too many suits, too many white suits. Kind of yeah. looks like SpongeBob's closet, except with just a bunch of white suits <laughs> instead of SpongeBob square pants. But I'm ready to slap a rating on it if you are. Yes, sir. All right. Um, for for this, I'll, I'll be. I'm gonna sit at a two because I didn't like this one as much Ooh. as I liked the first one. The first one I liked a whole lot better. 
I'm going to give it a two and a half just because of the little tie-in I had with Carnage. Even though I didn't read Carnage, I was into it. But how that affects Man-Wolf, I think, is interesting. How, you know, he's a villain. He has that power. He could control that power up until this point because of Carnage. And I want to see where that goes more than anything in this. So I'm going to give it a two and a half just because it does have a little bit of, like, piquing my interest. But I don't think I'm going to, like, pick up the third one after this. Right. But you can go ahead and get us on the number four, Mac. All right. So for number four, ladies and gentlemen, we have Giant Size, Jean Grey, and Emma Frost, number one. This is a one-shot. You know, back in the day, they printed a lot of Giant Size, and all the Giant Size are basically just one-shots. And that's a, you know, a name they use to just kind of encapsulate one story in one book. Either way... This was a very interesting read, or shall I say, viewing. I read it in a minute and 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless you count the very last page having, to, like, the, you know, from... Okay, so basically what we're beating around is the first two pages have word bubbles on them. Technically, the first one-page spread, Yeah. you know. Um, and then the very last page has a little bit of dialogue on it. But other than that... This entire time, it is just, I mean, 90% of the book is just pictures. Yeah, it's, it's just the panels. Yeah, it's just them telling a story. Cause, and one thing that I think is interesting that they chose that, because the two characters are telepaths and they're communicating telepathically. And I think it's interesting that instead of showing their thoughts, like in words, they showed them with pictures and what they're doing telepathically. Right. Because they were both inside the mind of Storm, who is, you know, like, it's about... Jean Grey and Emma Frost, but it's really about Storm and them yeah. trying to like help her out. And I just think I thought that was an interesting method to do it. The art for this book is beautiful, and the cover itself is phenomenal. Yes, it is. With you know, there's little peaks of people all throughout this art, all throughout the background behind them. You have Wolverine, you have Cyclops there. Uh, there's a oh, there's a tiger. The tiger was in the story. Yeah, that was really, really cool. I liked how, I mean, there there was a, a, a giant snake in this, too. I yeah. mean, I didn't really try to look into this cover and see stuff, even though you can easily see a few notable characters, like you mentioned, Cyclops and Wolverine, just right off the bat. I just but, don't see the elephant. Yeah, I don't see the elephant anywhere, either. But this was a really trippy read. This yeah. is something that was kind of, I'm not going to say psychedelic, because it really... Something I would consider more psychedelic was like the Silver Surfer Black series. Yeah, something that, colorful. Yeah. This was just really colorful and it was mind bending, you know, and it should be. As yeah. we said, you know, these are two telepaths who are dealing almost this entire time with just speaking in that form, you yeah. know. So it was really interesting to see that and to be able to create a story where there's little to no. I mean, writing. I mean, Hickman is the writer on this, and Dowderman, Russell Dowderman. I love his art style. Like, he made Emma look beautiful. He made Gene look beautiful. He made the guys look cool. Me and you have been having a debate since this was, like, solicited on who looked better on this cover, whether it was Gene Grey or Emma Frost. Well, see, I like, I I think that's a different argument. You know, that has to do with what we like in a woman, because. I like I like a woman of power. I don't care how and I'm not, he's drawn. I'm gonna pick her. I'm not talking about like uh, power as in like mutant power. I need my woman to be just 
all the way around the pie chart powerful. You want you the know? kind of woman that has boss lady tattooed on her fingers? Yes. <laughs> Not quite literally. I work with that, that. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Not quite that literally, but, I mean, I, I love Emma and just how she's kind of got that, you know, to some extent and to some people, she reflects that I'm too good for you type vibe. Well, that's what she looks like. On love the, that. On the cover, she looks judgmental. She looks like she's judging somebody. And see that. She looks like she's judging Storm's and, thoughts. Yeah, and see, that to me was like, I need that. And you remember there was the one scene in this book where – uh Gene and Emma end up, you know, coming to the tiger and the the serpent, and mm-hmm. like Emma gets clapped because like it, she reflects her relationship with Storm, and Gene shows her relationship with Storm. And when they saw what you know Gene said, they were like, "Okay, you're good." Did for you a, read what it said for a minute? Yeah, because yeah, I was gonna get back to that when we we're talking about the art because it showed everything like it wasn't like. It was like it was mirroring them because it said friends in front right. of her when they were having that interaction, but it was written backwards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, at first I was like, what is this gibberish? And I was like, oh, it's backwards. And I was like, that was just something neat that the artist did, you know, because he could have made it easier for people to read, you know, and just did it the other way or done it like from behind or something. For sure. But I just thought that was neat, you know, that they went that far out with it. Yeah. And, all in all, I mean, I just really, really enjoyed this book, and I'm ready to slap a rating on it. All right, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say higher. Okay, than I did on that last one. Oh yeah, for sure. Mine's definitely higher than a two. Like I'm at a three uh, and a oh. half on this one. Really? I was yeah. gonna say a three, just because it is a one shot, and I don't like the cliffhangers on one shots. I get that, like, especially this one. Like, that last page, I was really... Like, that's something that they need to branch out on. You can't just tell me someone's critically ill, and then it's like, oh, well, that's the end of this one. Well, since this is the first of the giant size, and there's going to be, I think, if I'm correct, eight different giant size. So they're going to do this. Today, in the uh, initial order, I was solicited both uh, Nightcrawler and Magneto. So, I mean... Nightcrawler and Magneto, like, together? No, Nightcrawler... Yeah, two different one-shots. One of them's Magneto and the other's Nightcrawler. Thought they were putting the German boys together. I mean, that would be kind of cool. I never really thought about that aspect of the relationship. But maybe each one of the giant sides will be continuations of the previous one. You get what I'm saying? Like, in some form or fashion? Yeah, like, um, there was something that we were doing that we read, Game Reverse. Yeah. It was like that each one showing a different person's perspective. Yeah. That would be neat if they did that with the new X-Men. They're really milking this new X-Men thing. Dude, but the new X-Men are so great. I mean... Man, I can't keep up with them. I've yeah, given up on it. It's hard only because there was six original titles. Wolverine's been added as an ongoing now, so that's seven. Hellions is coming out next. That's eight. Um, There's another one. Uh, X-Factor's going to come out. So that's nine, and they're all just gonna, yeah, they're all just gonna, you know, build off of each other. So we don't need all that. All right, tell us what we got for number three, mi compadre. Number three, we've got something that I thought looked cool. I wasn't gonna pick, but you picked it. Yeah, and I ended up loving this book, and it's fantastic for grim noir, which that's a great title, you know. And this one focuses on the man being grim, and I loved it because. I don't really like the Fantastic Four that much. Me neither. If I had to pick a character that was my favorite, it would be Ben Grimm. You know, you'd probably think I'd pick Reed Richards because he's like Mr. Big Brain. Who do you think I'd pick? 
You probably pick a human torch. I either pick Johnny or, or Sue. Yeah, like if it wasn't the human torch, it would have to be the blonde hair, blue eyed girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ooh. like it was either eight. Like it, there was no Graham's not even on the list. <laughs> like yeah, I do. I like some Ben Graham, but he has his time and his place. Yeah, and I feel like this book did a really good job of showing more of his mindset and his thought process and what makes Ben Graham, you know, who he is. And, you know, we were joking after we read about him and his trench coat and little fedora, you know, trying to look like a detective. When he's a rock, you know, he can't hide. <laughs> There's, like, yeah. he doesn't even tie it, you know. He just, like, throws it over his shoulders uh-huh. and walks out the house. And I feel like this was a very interesting book. I had a very interesting uh, villain. Yeah. Despair is, like... He was not cool. That, I like the way it's spelled too. Like not regular, like D E S P I A R. Like it yeah. was D Y. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. It was what? What? You said it was D Y. Yeah, it's D Y. Oh, it, instead yeah. of like despair, yeah. like D E, it's yeah. D Y. Yeah, I was like, huh. It took me a moment to remember how it was spelled. I remember there was a Y in it. Oh yeah. But I thought this this was a really good book. I like how it shows his relationship with his wife. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, how, Alicia. Yeah. Cause like he'll like hop out of bed and like she's so used to him having nightmares she just like cracks a joke every time right and like he gets upset about it but she's like I'm just joking it's like a normal it's a normal occurrence yeah and it shows like her art skills because I feel like she's a, like him and his wife are two characters in Fantastic Four that I feel we don't know that much about you true know? they just aren't that branched out everyone likes reading Sue or Human Torch or now Franklin you know people know more about Franklin and are more interested in Franklin than being grim. Well, yeah, whenever you state that he's the most powerful mutant in mutant history, like, yeah, people are going to be like, hmm, I like him. Like, even if they don't know anything about him, just based off his mutant power being OP and him automatically at birth being an Omega-level mutant. We're going to get to that later, okay? Crazy. Yes. (laughs) But I liked it. I thought it was an interesting take. I liked how it had the old noir, like black and white, because I loved as a child the movie Sin City. Okay. And that's a terrible movie for a child to love. <laughs> I don't know why my dad let me watch it like on repeat, but I love that. And I love the spirit. I just love that black and white background, like the harsh black and white, not the like old school, just black and white film grain. Right. Like I like the obviously the edited yeah. black and white. And I feel like this used to in just the right way. I would expect a comic book too. I completely agree. Ultimately, I think my rating of this book is probably, again, at a 3.5. Like, I, I really liked it, but I wouldn't say it's quite four-tier, but it's definitely not three-tier. I'd give it that, cause, just because of when he actually gets into the conflict with Despair. Oh, yeah. Like, that was a miraculous That moment. was dope, yeah. I really, really enjoyed that part. And just because of that, like, showing, like, the big brute actually throwing hands with Mr. Tw- Twiddly Fingers, or whatever he called him. Yeah. Like that was that was a great scene. So I would give it a three and a half too. I'd sit there with you. I'm actually climbing up the rating a little bit on yeah. this one. But we can move on to number two. If I can get my fingernails under it. Alright. For number two on our list, ladies and gentlemen, we have TMNT Jenica, number one. And this is her first solo series, you know, all alone by herself. And you know, I'm 
I'll say it again, as I always do, I'm not a TMNT guy at all. Never grew up, not even as a kid, into TMNT. Honestly, I don't think I've ever watched any of the movies. I don't think I've watched any of the cartoons. I mean, obviously, I've seen them in passing. Like, you know, if I'm in someone's house and they're watching it, a kid's watching it, I've seen a couple of scenes. And, like, that new, you know, movie that came out a couple of years ago with Stefan Amell playing Casey. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch that one. I watched the one before that one. Okay, well, see, I haven't seen any of it. I just saw the... Tra- the uh, I've seen the one from, like, 2006. Got you. But, yeah, I'm not a TMNT guy, but this book, just as far as supposed to be touching to the human heart or, you know, kind of make that human connection, for animals or for mutated humans into animals, you know... I felt the emotions and the relationships of every single one of the characters in this. Yeah. It was really, really moving. And because of that, I will most definitely be reading at least issue two. And if issue two leaves the same impression of out of this three-issue miniseries, then I'll be reading all three. Yeah. I've, that's one of the reasons I really love this book. It did such a good job of, like, having moments that touched you. Right. And, and it... The book had a little bit of action in it, but when it wasn't action, it was just like one touching moment to the next. And a lot of people might not like that, but it wasn't that much dialogue between them, you know. True. And they were so, they were such vastly different situations that inflicted that emotion. And I really thought it did a good job of showing, you know, like you said, the human element, and it also did a pretty good job of showing a uh, female side of things too. Oh yeah, you know when and. Also, a young person with like pent up aggression, like mm-hmm. it just did such a good job of portraying a human, like human emotion. Yeah. In this book, for them to be animals, and like I was telling you earlier, I grew up a little bit with TMNT. I wasn't big into it. Like I told you, I always like Casey the best because he was like them, but in my mind, better. He was a badass. Yeah, he was like Mister Badass with the skull mask and the hockey stick, and I always when it came to the turtles, I liked the purple one the best of all of them. Isn't that Michelangelo? Yeah. Uh, but some people don't know like their name, so I just say the purple one. Yeah. But Michelangelo was always my favorite because he had the bow staff, and he was Mr. Tech Savvy, all smart. And in the movies, he has a little like flip-down monocle thing because he works on electronics, and I That's thought that cool. was cool. Kind of like, like a scanner? No, it's like... Well, um, oh. Like a jeweler's... Yeah. Like, okay, but cool. But work on like, uh, right. boards and stuff. Yeah, I guess it is a monocle. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is. It is. But his is cool. It's a special. It's like monocle. a magnified monocle. Yeah, basically. But you know, I grew up watching them. Some I had one of the movies on VHS, so I do have a familiarity with them. And even with me not reading them for so long, like this book has piqued my interest in them more than any of the movies have recently. Yeah, it's crazy saying this uh, about this character. I don't think I would go and, you know, this isn't going to kickstart me reading the actual TMNT, like, you know, where it's at right now. I think it's at issue 102 or 103 from IDW. But like I said already, I'll definitely be tuning in for issue two and possibly even issue three if it leaves a similar impression on me. Oh, as yeah, number I'll probably one read did. two. And I'm not going to pick up the new, the, well, the current IDW one. If they have it, but this is picking my interest to the point where if they had an interesting arc, right? then I'd probably pick up that arc, mm-hmm. you know, and just read that little, like, five-part arc or something, like I did with Daredevil Through Hell. Right. Like, I just pick up that arc, and once that's through, I'm done with them again. I'm not going to just be a, I'm not going to sub to them. Right. I feel that. But I'm ready to give my rating on it when you want. Um, you know, and this is crazy, 
But I'm going to go up a little bit higher. I'm going to sit at a four on this. A four? Yes, dude. That's what I'm saying. I was not at all. When we picked this cooperatively to be on the list, I did not at all think that this was going to be a book that I enjoyed. But this might actually be, of this week, the book that I give the highest rating. It's not going to be for me. but Oh, yeah. I know it won't. But <laughs> like I said, I mean, having a kind of a change of pace like that is refreshing. Yeah. So... Well, like I said, it's not going to be my highest on this list, but, you know, I would give it a four, too. Okay. Just because it's, it was a great read, you know, and it's something that I might just look through again later just to, like, actually pay attention to the art because the art was also fantastic. Yeah, and, you know, this uh, bolsters, you know, my decision. Tonight, I was going to buckle down and decide, between tonight and tomorrow, I was going to buckle down and decide what books that I was going to send off to CGC tomorrow or Saturday morning, and I need some indie books to send, and this book, as well as one of the previous TMNT, you know, IDW books, it's either her first appearance in costume or first appearance period, I might be sending, I'm definitely going to be sending this number one, being that it's her first solo story, I'll, I'll be sending that off, if not also her first appearance in costume. Hmm. I feel good about that. So, Jacob, introduce our number one, please. Number one. This was a last-minute pick that we switched out on. This was a substitution, might I say, endorsed by yours truly. Yeah, and it ended up being my favorite book of this week. Well, for the podcast, at least. It's probably my favorite book that came out this week. Probably. From like, everything oh, else yeah. that I've looked over. This is this is number one. I mean, you could read around. every book that came out this week, and I bet this one would still be your favorite. Oh, yeah. And you know why. Because Doctor Doom didn't come out this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's X-Men and Fantastic Four number two. Which, I would probably have ended up picking this up and reading it sometime next week when I was sitting around the shop. And, you know, seeing if I actually liked it, if we didn't read it now. Right. But... Oh boy, the whole reason I picked it up was because Colossus was on the front, and then I couldn't put it down because Doctor Doom was in it the whole time, and it was a fantastic read, and I feel like this book, I've reiterated this with you, but this book does a good job of showing off Val. Yeah. Because she's not a mutant yet, they're expecting her to be one, but she just hasn't, like, you know, her powers, what's the word for it? Manifested. Yeah, her powers haven't manifested yet. But it shows her personality. And I just think that's so great that they did that with her. Right. You know, she's funny. She loves Dr. Doom. And I think that's an interesting thing about her. Because, you know, Reed Richards doesn't like Doom. Sue is not going to be okay with Doom. But Val is just like, hey, Uncle Doom, tell us a story about how you helped this person. And Doom is like, yes, child, I will tell you everything. And, you know... I'm going to chime in right here with why I think him and Val have that connection. And I hate that I'm going to bring this up to make this parallel. But, you know, when we were early teens or like tweens, you know, almost 10 years ago, 8 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, And the whole Twilight deal was going on. You remember how Bella, you know, she chose Edward. She didn't choose... Uh, damn, what was his Taylor? name? Taylor. Taylor. Taylor uh, Lautner Jacob. is... Yeah, Jacob is his yeah. name. Yeah. Forgot my own name. Damn. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Bella chooses Jake or uh, Edward instead of Jacob, but then Jacob, you know, when she has her baby, he puts the imprint on her. 
<laughs> and basically that's going to make her, if I got this correct, that makes her kind of like in for Jacob, like the child. Mm-hmm. And so what I think is since, you know, Doom's whole thing was he was trying to get with, Sue, like basically fight for Sue's love, you know, before everything went down and they all changed. Doom, you know, the Fantastic Four. And he still loves Sue. You know, if Sue was willing to break up with Reed, like he'd get with Sue. I think basically he's, you know, nurturing Val in this way and being close with her because I don't think Doom's above trying to get with her when she's of age. I don't think that's what it is. I mean, look, I'm throwing out some super future specs. That's ridiculous because do you know what I think it is? What? Who, of everyone Val knows, who's the only other person that doesn't have normal superpowers? Whose main power is their brain? Yeah. Doom. Yeah. So, of course, like, who she's going to look up to, her super stretchy dad and her invisible mom, or her dad's arch enemy, who she, she does see a lot, who his whole thing is he's smart, you know? Yeah. It's Who's more relatable? Because, like you said, when we were that old, you looked up to people you could relate to, you right. know? And if you don't have powers, you're not going to look up to someone else who has powers. You might think, oh, that's cool, I wish I had powers, but she doesn't, you know? And I feel like it's got more to do with that. I don't think he's going to try and smash when she gets of age. <laughs> well, I didn't jump that far you just ahead. Called, but, hey. You just called Doom a pedophile. You said he is grooming her. I did not. And I have you implied it. Yeah, I'm maybe. Not, I, I'm not okay with that. You do not endorse that message. <laughs> I'm not okay with this. That's my boy. How are you going to do Doom like that? You didn't even know his right-hand woman. You thought that was like his Jarvis. Yeah, I did. I mean, I could, cause I could see Doom saying something like making his own AI to like do his bidding and whatnot, and naming her Victorious. That just seems like something he'd do. See, Victorious is probably the one he imprinted on. Maybe so, because she's always there, and she has the powers like he does. Hmm. She's also a um, mystic being, Got like you. Doom. Yeah, she can do that too. That's cool. Yeah, because you would know that if you were to read Doom. I'll read but, the first arc when it comes out in trade. <laughs> but I love this book. For me, it was the best thing to come out. I loved it. Doom was great. Doom has a whole island. There's so much Doom in this book. This is filling my void of Doom until the next Doom comes out because Doom is the man. But what would you rate it since you aren't a huge fan of it? I'll let you I wasn't ahead. not a huge fan of it. I just said that. You're nowhere near on my level. I mean, yeah, as far as the rating goes, but I can't even, like, think about what your rating is going to be. I hope you don't slap a five on this. Jesus, if you do. But, I I mean, I didn't not like it. I love Chip Zdarsky writing because, again, he wrote Daredevil. He wrote uh, Spider-Man Life Story, and I really liked Spider-Man Life Story. He did some really cool stuff, created a new character called the Black Goblin, and... Terry and Rachel Dodson do the art and the cover art for this book, and they make everyone look great. Like I said, they make the guys look badass and gritty. They make the women look beautiful. I I wonder if, like, if, like, uh, the guy Dodson draws the guys. Yeah, Terry. uh, And his wife draws the girls. And Rachel. That'd be that'd be cool if they, like, did it like that. What if they do it the opposite way? That's what I was going to say, but then I was like, that might seem a little weird. No, like, like, I mean, what if they're basically putting their favorite quality, you know, like, what if basically they're, you know, 
Rachel is like, hmm, this is what I like in a man, or like this is what you know this manly man character like Ben Grimm or like Cyclops or like Wolverine should look like. So this is how I'm gonna draw him. And you know Terry's the opposite way. He's like, you know, this woman should be kind of more curvaceous. This one should be kind of more like slim. Because I mean, yeah. Kitty Pride and Emma Frost are both beautiful in this book, but Kitty is drawn way differently from. Emma. Like, Emma is kind of more flashy, and she looks hot, and she's seducing, like you brought up about with um, Cyclops. Super twins. Wonder twins. Powers activate. (laughs) Oh, man. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm putting my rating as a three and a half on this. Jacob, what's yours? My rating is like, if we could do quarter points, it would be a 4.75, but it's a 4.5 since we can't do that, just because there's no such thing as a perfect book. Yeah, we'll be we'll, we'll have to be way down the line in order to find a perfect book. Um, I feel like the only way you're going to get a perfect book with me is if week, this is a five. Yeah. Like, or just this month, this is a five Yeah, like of the month. But as far as all the books ever, like this is a four and a half, a solid four and a half. I just thought about something really interesting to talk about later. But anyway, so since Jacob's at a 4.5, I'm at a 3.5, and that rounds out our top five. Let's just jump into some spec. Jacob, what did you brew up for us this week? So I've already sent you this spec. We had a little Snapchat conversation, but I try to not talk about this kind of stuff with you before the podcast. I just send it to you so you can review Get some thoughts brewing. But Wizkid in Shang-Chi, how does that make you feel? I'm actually more excited about Shang-Chi than probably most people are. Um, Why? Cause, I'm not hyped for this movie at all. Well, see, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily hyped for it, but I was saying that I'm more hyped than most people. Like, I mean, for example, we'll take you as most people. You just said you're not hyped at all. I mean, you could probably care less. Yep. I see every single MCU movie, so I'll be even if I thought this looked awful or I hated the concept, I would go see it just for the continuity sake. But I think it's cool that they're introducing like an Asian character. Like I've wanted my boy, he's not he himself who I'm about to mention is not Asian, but he uses martial arts. I want some Iron Fist on the big screen. Like his Netflix TV show, I really liked. A lot of people thought it was trash. I thought it was really, really good, and I enjoyed every single episode, so much so that I ended up nailing the entire first season in one week. Like, almost every single day, like, I was I was hitting on at least, like, two episodes. But I like how they're going to get some diversity, and, I mean, Shang-Chi's the fir- perfect way, because we're not... We're not kind of doing the whole Ariel situation. You know, so many people had an issue with, you know, the new Ariel being African-American. I don't have an issue with that at all. But with this being an Asian character from the roots and you're getting an Asian person to play the character, this is going to add the necessary and justified diversity in the MCU. So, I mean, and ultimately, this spec raised my appreciation for this movie and my preparedness for this movie just based on the fact of, like I said to you over Snap, it's really cool that if they're going to start like how we reported last week that in Captain Marvel 2, Rogue might appear. That's one mutant. That's not the whole team. They're not throwing all the dice you know, on the Yahtzee board like at one time. 
we're going to get WizKid in Shang-Chi. And then if in another movie we get one mutant, and in another movie we get one mutant, and then ultimately they end up having some sort of shoot. What if Krakoa ends up being in the MCU? And that's how we get all our mutants together and how we incorporate them really heavily in the MCU. I mean, the the sky's the limit for the potential of you know introducing mutants to the MCU. And yeah. so that's, I mean... Ultimately, I gave you my reason for liking Shang-Chi once I heard it was announced, just based on the fact of adding some diversity, cool martial arts-based character, because I like martial arts. I like uh, Eastern culture. So, And then once you sent me this, I mean, it, it just bolstered my opinion. You know. you know, I'm a fan of anything like WizKid because he can techno form. He can just make technology with his mind. That's, That's nuts. his whole power. But I do like you're talking about the diversity. I kind of feel like they're like they're really pushing for diversity, which is something me and you have both said Marvel is trying to do really hard now. Yeah. Because now they've announced the first deaf character, and this is I'm not a hundred percent certain on this, but this is going to be the first major character that's in a wheelchair. Yeah. You well, know? other than Professor X. Yeah, other than him. But I mean, that's like. That's Professor X. That's that's expected. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, he's in, like, a normal wheelchair. Well, that's not really a normal wheelchair, but Professor X, I feel like it's on another tier, you mm-hmm. know, of, like, being in a wheelchair. For sure. But, I don't know. I feel like I'm more excited for WizKid than I am Shang-Chi, just to see how they do the whole techno-forming, see what all they show him doing in the movie. Yeah. How do they implement him in that story? Yeah. That's what I'm, I have an idea, like I have spec on how they're going to introduce it. Right. I feel like you know Shang Chi being Asian, uh, Whiskit is also an Asian character. So I feel like they may like have that like oh you're a younger like mutant even though yeah. Shang Chi's not a mutant he's like oh you're a younger hero let me like take you in and show you what heroes do and stuff like that. That's kind of some apprenticeship. Yeah, kind of. That's why I kind of feel like it's going to happen just because he is a young character as well. Mm-hmm. But we can move on to the next spec, and this is something I told you about earlier. But your boy, Moon Knight, is expected to get begin filming in November. I'm pumped up, dude. I mean, there's no way at this point, unless they bring on... and Once they announce who is going to be the actor to play Moon Knight, unless it's one of my all-time favorite actors, you cannot raise my opinion and my hype level for this movie, or excuse me, for this TV show anymore. I mean, I'm ready. I want to be right there day that it comes out. I can't wait. I'm more pumped up about the stuff that's coming out next year than I am anything coming out this year. And keep in mind, like as far as like movies and TV, like we got Mandalorian season 2. Yeah. We got Morbius in July. We've got Venom 2 with some Carnage action in October. We've got the Eternals in November. Like there is a lot that I that I am hyped for, but nothing more hype than this. Like I am so re- I wish it was twenty twenty one. Moon Knight's how on my list for stuff, but of course, like right now, WandaVision is like my number one. Right, just because I love the I love the whole mystic characters and all that. You know, the magic. Yeah, I love the magic side of it. We talked we were talking about this earlier. Even in anime, I prefer the magic animes. More than, like, the martial art ones and stuff. Yeah. I'm just a big fan of magic or technology, but WandaVision should be good. 
and like then Loki. But then I'd say Moon Knight's a solid third on my list. Which is so funny that you just said that uh, you really, really like things that are either technology or magic, and both of those are probably the farthest possible <laughs> away from each other. Like tech <laughs> is very logical and it has science to back it, and magic is just completely throw everything out of the window and forget what you know. Well, to a lot of people, technology is magic. Yeah, I you mean, know, like to a lot of people. Yeah, they don't understand how stuff works. So like, they do go hand in hand. If to most people, like, you're like I was gonna say your grandma, but that woman is like big brain. Yeah, like I don't know. You say to my dad. I mean, my dad's not tech savvy at all. I don't want to like insult that man. I mean, because your dad. It's cool. just a fact, though. Like he no, but that's based off. I mean, if he wanted to learn how to like, he knows how to use every single piece of any kind of farm equipment. Not even the equipment that he directly uses. Like he could jump into a tobacco farm and know how to use every single thing. Like that's the sort more like mechanical side of things rather than real true blue like today technology like he yeah. doesn't really know much at all about like cell phones and tablets and using a t you know a smart tv like i had yeah. to teach him slowly how to use all these Boy, things i was playing farming simulator the other day i couldn't figure out how to plant seeds i was like why is there a weight on the front of my tractor what is this used for <laughs> oh boy so and see dad would have been there like this is why this is here <laughs> and this is how you do this and blah 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 blah, blah. like like I just does that so far over my head. Hey, everybody has their strengths and everybody has their weaknesses. Like on a farm, not me. But I can I can get you Wi-Fi everywhere on that farm. Like you will never <laughs> lose signal. <laughs> but this next thing is something that I thought was interesting because this was actually going to be my number four of like the Disney movies that I'm hyped for or mm-hmm. Disney shows or just everything. Disney, Disney Plus action. Yeah, and that's they're looking for an Allison Brie type actress for. She-Hulk. And in case you don't know who she is, she's been in a couple of things. She was in Mad Men. She was in... She's a very big voice actress. Like, she was in Lego Movie. Hmm. And she's been in... Um, she's in some new movie coming out called Horse Girl. And she was in a couple other things that I'm about to pull up right quick so you can see. She was in Glow and Community. Those were the two I was going to bring up. And BoJack Horseman. Those Bojack are some of the Horseman. bigger ones that she's been in. Yeah. I knew I'd seen her name somewhere because I love BoJack Horseman. Yeah. And so she's a pretty big actress. You know, she's more of a voice actress than anything else. Right. But she has done some live action stuff. And I think that someone that looks like her would be a great fit for She-Hulk. Yeah, I definitely see that. Especially if they end up doing something. Okay, one of the signature things, and I know I'm being picky like I always am, What no matter what it's about. But I hope they curl her hair. I hope the entire time she's got curly hair. Because I had a debate with somebody the other day about whether or not um, She-Hulk was required to have curly hair or not. But it needs yeah, to be. That's like hair. that's like the 80s like comic where yeah. she just looks the original. An, an all-out baddie. Yeah. yeah. But I seen this and I was like, ooh, this is interesting because I love She-Hulk. She has straight hair in the picture they used for this article. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of different times where she has straight hair, but her when people talk about the way she's drawn the most are when her hair is either really nicely waved or when it's all out like kinky curls. Yeah, so I think it would be interesting, whichever way they choose oh, to yeah. do it. And you it, know, Disney will probably throw their own like twist on it. Yeah, and that's not one of those things at all that I like. I'm gonna hate it if she has straight hair. Or I'm gonna hate it if they do something nuts like you know shave half her head. Or something like wild like that. 
to really add an edge to the character. Like, I'm not going to be upset. I'm just going to take it with a grain of salt and move on. Like, it's going to be more about the story. If they shaved that for head, I'd probably be like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'd still watch it, but I would, like, just... Shooketh. Yeah, I would be shook the whole time. I would probably just put it on and watch it like a podcast. Not at all. Jeez. Just listen to it. Yeah. But the last thing, this is what I wanted to debate with you about. Okay. And it's Marvel's issue with bringing the X-Men into the MCU. Because of Fox doing a bunch of their major storylines that, you know, they've already all been done cinematically. That And, like, for them to come back, they'd have to be a major retcon done to the whole thing, mm. you know? And they've already had so many actors play iconic characters that for a whole generation, like, Wolverine's going to be Hugh Jackman. Right. It doesn't matter who they ever put on that screen as Wolverine from the future. To pe- the people mine in your age, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Well, you know what they should do? They should never... Or Okay, this would be the perfect thing if they did. Never, and I mean never, or at least until our generation is, you know, our old people, you know, basically wait 40 or 50 years. Don't don't use anybody as Wolverine. Again, that's perfectly fine because you can just use X-23 to fill your Wolverine claw healing factor badassery. And if anything, that helps a little bit because not saying that uh, – Hugh Jackman isn't sexy because I know women who just absolutely drool over that man. But you can find like a you know a teen or an older woman to play like somebody in their early twenties or early thirties even to play an awesome adult X twenty three. Yeah, and sex sells. So that would add another dimension to the character that would probably I mean not that she hasn't already become a fan favorite character. People love X twenty three. I've loved X-23 since before, like, she ever touched the silver screen. I've just always loved her as a character. Me and you have talked about this yeah. several times. Like, she is one of my favorite female characters in his, like, in Marvel. I was going to say in history, but, like, there's so many, like, minor female characters I do like from, like, DC side. Right. But, like, when it comes to Marvel, X-23, easy top three. And what you were saying a minute ago about how they've used so many of their storylines... Well, with Bob Iger stepping down from, you know, being Disney's like creative control, and somebody else is going to move in, There's and another guy named Bob. Okay, it is. Yeah. Well, with uh, Kevin Feige also like moving not only into the movie department but also the comic department. This whole Krakoa thing with the X Men is a brand new storyline. Why? And and like I was saying to Joseph earlier. I hope they never, ever bring something brand new in the movies and then end up turning it into comics. It should be vice versa. If you're going to do something, establish it in the comic books and then move it to the silver screen. So, with, you know, us having this many, you know, we've already been about roughly three months, I think, into the whole new, or four months maybe, into the whole new Krakoa deal. So... What's keeping them from waiting another year till we're basically like a year and some change into the whole Krakoa mix and introduce that? 
Let That's what I was going to say. What if they like waited a year, seen all the best-selling comic arcs, and turned those into movies? Exactly. I mean, I think they could do that easily, especially with Feige, you know, being in the comic department and in the MCU department now. I mean, I and that would fix one issue you were talking about with Wolverine. Well, we were talking about Wolverine and Hugh Jackman. So far in the books, Wolverine's mostly been seen in costume. Right. Like, that's something you could do. Just have Wolverine in costume, and like no one would like bat an eye about it. Right. Like, if you, like, try to show him in, like, a biker jacket just, like, sitting at a bar, like, people are like, nope, that's not him. That's not my Wolverine. Right. But as long as you got somebody with that nice jawline, like, the hairy forearms and, like... Yeah. Let me hit the gym for a minute. I'll be him. And could speak, like, you know, a bit deeper and yeah. kind of have that intimidating, like, brawn, then, yeah. oh, yeah. Like, we could have another Wolverine. But, like I said, even if they never explore male Wolverine... Now you've got X-23 to just have a field day with. And you know what I was going to say is if you want to bring Wolverine back, bring Wolverine back, but bring him back. And this is touching on something that I was – we were just talking about a minute ago, taking something from comics. Wait 30 years or wait 20 years until Hugh Jackman's old and then do Old Man Logan. That would be – That would be dank. That would be like I mean neat. that's kind of what Logan already was yeah. like a semi old man Logan type thing but he was more like kind of have old man Logan when he's dead yeah he was kind of more like fifties Logan but he's like dead. probably well that's what I'm saying now it's you know all that is retconned you know yeah. now the it, you know if if they end up coming into the MCU they as in the X Men then Wolverine's not dead so. But Wolverine doesn't have to show up for those people like we were just talking about who are going to have an issue with it not being Hugh Jackman. Just wait until wait another 10 years till Hugh Jackman is an old dude or, you know, put some old makeup on him. Make him have snowy white hair and let him look a little bit more, you know, scraggly and having issues with his powers the same way he was in Logan and just do old man Logan. That would be badass. People would definitely pay to see that. Especially as just popular as that character became. I think that's the last movie, like superhero movie, I went and seen in theaters was Logan. Dude, that was a phenomenal movie. Yeah, I cried. Did you? Yeah. I love that no movie. Cap. But see, I'll cry watching a movie in the theater, but I will not cry watching one like, on the couch. Like, yeah. I cried watching Kung Fu Panda 3 in theaters. <laughs> like, no cap. Oh, hey, like when that's crazy when his dad when both of the dads put their hands on the pot and was like he's my son he's my son I was like oh but like if I were like to sit on the couch and watch it it wouldn't hit me like that it just hits different in the theater I feel that I mean it's the atmosphere too that's one of my favorite things about going to the cinema is just it's a different experience you know and like my kid I, I have friends who, when growing up, like in middle school, I invited them over to my birthday party, and it was the first time they'd ever seen a movie at the theater. That's crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there are kids out there who do not get to go see movies. Like, they get to see movies, but they get to see them, like you were saying, at home on the couch. Or they get to pirate them on their computer. They don't get to go to the theater, buy concessions, sit in there with friends or whatever, and watch a movie on that giant screen with that awesome surround sound. You know, that that's a luxury that we take for granted very often. That's crazy because, like, my aunt my aunt was, like, wanting to go to the movies at least every two months when I was growing up. Yeah, like, I, if there's something that I will go see, even if I don't think it's, you know, going to be type nice, then 
I almost want it to be monthly. It didn't matter if I wanted to see it or not. My aunt was like, you are coming to the movies. And I was like, oh, great. Here we go again. Yeah. Ice Age 3. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But back to the X-Men debate, because one thing that I do want to point out is there are 20-plus movies in this franchise right now from Fox. Hmm. Like, that's so much. Of, like, they couldn't. Disney can't touch Wolverine at this point. Yeah. Every Wolverine thing has been done. Unless they go back to like the, uh, um, what's the book we read? What do you call the facsimile? Yeah. That like the facsimiles they're doing now. Like if those happen to get some traction, and they did like a movie adaptation of the first miniseries or something. Yeah. That'd be dope. But there's really not too much they could do there. You know. Yeah, I was about to say that whole movie, The Wolverine, was about him going to Japan and meeting the Silver Samurai and like oh, yeah, it was. doing that. So I mean, I only watched it when it came out, so like it was like not fresh on my mind. Well, see, it wasn't even like really, you know. Yeah, Mariko popped up in it, and you know it was a thing, but it wasn't very, you know, lovey dovey, and yeah, it you know, wasn't like the it comic. Was, was. Yeah, it wasn't at all. Like it wasn't the comic. like my love. Right, I will fight for you. you exactly. Know? It was just kind of the. Japanese associated Wolverine that people had known about from the comics and wanted to see eventually on the silver screen. Yeah. And so they just made that dream come to fruition. But there are plenty of characters on Krakoa they could do stuff with. Oh, that yeah. That have never touched the silver screen. I mean, I'm screen. glad we're getting new mutants action. Yeah. Because, like, none of those characters. Of those. They could do Fallen Angels talking about X23. Oh, yeah. Fallen Angels would be lovely. Yeah, with know? Cable, too. Yeah, you got Cable and Psylocke. That's a lovely combination, you know? Psylocke's already cool. been done by Fox one time, but, you know, that's a character that no one would bat an eye. I'd like to see Marauders, too, because now that we're not getting any more um, Pirates of the Caribbean, I yeah. feel like having X-Men, and at the same time they're doing pirate-like things, that sounds dope. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be interesting to see. Yeah. But that's all I really got to say on this subject. I just thought it would be interesting to bring it up to you. Oh, for sure. Like, I seen this, and like they pointed out the twenty plus movies. I was like, "That's a good point." You know, that's a whole lot of arc. Oh yeah. Covered, but that's all I have to say. So, unless you have anything else you want to bring up, you can. Oh, what was it you wanted to ask me about? Oh no, earlier? that was off podcast. Like oh. we'll talk about that later. Okay. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. As always, we're signing off. But thank you so much for listening again this week, and we hope that in the ensuing weeks. We will always have you back. All right. From Skelly Boy and Macadelic, we are over and out.